Coming up. How do we create very inclusive work environments when actually our team are all over the place now? In part two of this TED Learning podcast, we talk about the impact that lockdown has had on us and in the workplace. Plus, we talk about what the new priorities will be for developing your team in the new normal. Digital learning that's dramatically different. Welcome to this TED Learning podcast. So this obviously has impacted on everybody, including TED Learning. Just talk me through the kind of challenges that TED Learning have faced during this time. We faced some of the similar challenges that any company will face, which is, you know, you go from an environment where you're working with your colleagues, whether that's sat next to them, whether we've got a number of our team who are field-based anyway, and uh, we're used to having you know, chats with them on Zoom or Teams, but we would see them once a week coming down to the office. So that's been a big change for us. The challenge has also been, as with any company, you know, some of our team have been placed on furlough because the nature of what we've delivered has changed dramatically. And so it's been important to us to keep in contact with those people, to make them still feel part of our business. And we've had a weekly check-in with them, which has had the usual quizzes, Um, nonsense conversations but that's been really important. It's meant that we had to very quickly adapt to how we delivered what was traditionally a classroom based product to a virtual classroom environment. So being creative with colleagues that normally you'd be in the same room with and suddenly you're not in the same room as them. You are um, having to talk to them through numerous you know screens to get people's creative juices flowing has been challenging but also the irony of this is it has given us time to probably be more creative more reactive and quicker because we haven't got the normal stuff that takes place around it so we've adapted to things a lot quicker than perhaps we would have done in the past what it said to me is i don't necessarily want to go back to the old normal I'm looking forward to whatever that new normal does look like with hopefully some type of economy that's going to sustain learning and development in the way that I believe is important. It's almost like another shift when we start to kind of wind the gears back of the economy up. And and there are massive, massive pressures, aren't there, on L&D and HR teams. So what should they be considering in the coming weeks, months and years? The training budget is very often the one that um, has is cut quite quickly when there's a downturn. You know, in any recession um, that I've seen in my lifetime, I've seen that um, training will often be scaled back. Um, Understandably so, because, you know, organisations at the moment are fighting for survival. So a lot of them are going to be looking at how do they get um, their business stabilised during this period. I think what L&D and HR colleagues need to be um, fighting for and positioning is that whilst some of the training that may have taken place if this pandemic hadn't been um, with us um, won't necessarily continue. So some of the people skills that we might have done, um, you know, conferences or standing up and communicating uh, presentations to big groups, those sorts of things might not be taking place over the next six to nine months. But there are different skills that people are going to need, and that's where L&D's focus should be. So it should be around 
um, managing people's anxieties as they return to some sense of normality, looking at people's mental health and mental well-being. I think very recent news events have uh, demonstrated that globally, and the UK has um, made some progress with things like the Equality Act, but how do we create very inclusive work environments when actually our team are all over the place now. It can make it more challenging. So there needs to be some priorities around that. But the big focus for HR should be, how do they create some sense of normality for people when they're coming back? Well, that's really interesting actually, Justin, that you mentioned that. Let's have a quick look at uh, a scene from our virtual podcast theatre. The Ted Learning Virtual Theatre. Hi, Sarah. It's it's Mike. How are you? Oh, uh, uh, right. G- good. Thanks. And um, just about to have breakfast, actually. Yes. Uh, sorry about the early call. Six uh, thirty. Yeah, but there's lots for me to uh, organise. Wanted to hit the ground running, that kind of thing. You know. Hope you don't mind. Uh, uh, sure. Great. So, uh, looking forward to Monday. I think so. Good. Good. That's what I wanted to hear. I mean, it would be nice to see people, but obviously. It- It'll be a bit strange. Well, yes, of course, yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, strange how? Well, you know, working from home for three months. Oh, yeah, yeah, but I suppose, you know, we all have to get back to work at some point, don't we? I suppose we do. Excellent, right. Well, um, well, the reason for the call is to reassure you and let you know what measures are in place to make sure that everyone in the office is protected. Great. Fingers crossed. Sorry. So, if I can start by telling you what I'm planning. Mike, fingers crossed? Well... Yes, I mean, you can't plan for every contingency, can you? I mean, this virus is invisible, after all, but I'm following the guidelines, very much alert, and as I say, your safety is paramount. OK. And rather expensive. <laughs> Sanitizer prices have gone through the roof. But that's not your problem. I'm the manager. Although, actually, having said that, if you do know where to store 500 litres of the stuff, do pop it in the suggestion box, there's a dear. So... Uh, where are we? Right, so that's a sanitizer covered. Um, oh, we've also got gloves as well, although they were much more difficult to get hold of. But it's amazing what you can buy on Gumtree. Um, and last but not least, Norman on security has been tasked to give everyone a wet wipe once over on arrival. Norman? Uh, yes. I know he can be a bit handsy, but I've warned him, we are still in the middle of a pandemic, Norman. And that kind of behaviour won't be tolerated, I can assure you. Right. I mean, if there is a problem, my door is always open. Good to know. Just make sure you stay, actually, at the door. You know, two metres and all that. Right. So, uh, anything else? Let's have a look. Nope, I think that's it. So, uh, see you Monday. Masks? Masks. Masks. Yes, of course. Um... Bit of an availability issue there. Uh, how useful are you with uh, scissors and glue? What? Well, I mean, I fashioned a mask out of an old sock and hairy string. Hang on a sec. But, Sarah, Sarah, there's a pandemic going on. We all have to make sacrifices, OK? Anything else? Quite a lot, actually. What does the communication look like? How do people feel that they're still going to be invested in, albeit in a slightly different way? And as we've already talked about, um, how do we make sure that learning is delivered in an innovative way that makes people feel engaged and um, rewarded? So I think it's a very big challenge for L&D and HR. Um, 
having come from that background, I think everyone's up for it. But it's just about having that balance between what spend there is available, making sure that it does deliver real value to the people that are returning to your business. And I'm going to put you on the spot here a minute, Justin, because um, you know we've all been in those big companies where we're arguing the case for budgets and you know the, the person who's in charge of our budget will always look at the bottom line are there any um, key approaches you can suggest to your L&D and HR people that you know put a benefit to the company and the bottom line uh, by using various methods of training. The CIPD have, have produced a report very recently around the impact of COVID-19 on employees and as we've said the biggest thing is about how people are feeling about coming back to work. If employers don't tackle that it's going to impact productivity and it's going to impact how people are feeling coming back to work, which is going to affect the bottom line. You know, it's interesting. Um, I spoke to one of our trainers very recently about emotional intelligence and, you know, productivity. Well, a lot of research suggests that for those people who have still been working and have been working from home, their productivity has gone up. So why would an organisation want to impact that if someone's coming back to the office and they're going to be having um, concerns about it, it's imperative that organisations are aware of that and provide support. So I think L&D is going to change slightly over the coming months from being um, about training to more about creating a supportive culture and environment for people. And that's the important thing to position with the finance colleagues around why is it important to make some of that spend, because people have to feel safe and secure. Now, we have got, you know, as employers, a slight luxury that, um, and I use the word luxury loosely, that the economy is not going to be as great as it was six months ago. And so people uh, perhaps moving around uh, and saying, right, well, I'm going to go and get another job. Uh, might be less um, possible for people. But that doesn't mean that people won't still um, drop their productivity if they feel that they're coming back to a business that doesn't care. So that's what I would say, is that you've got to demonstrate to finance why supporting people and creating that culture um, is important. And I think it's the type of training that you're trying to get signed off that will help you win that argument. If you're not changing your priorities, then I think you're going to get thrown out the room. I think if you've addressed the fact that learning has changed dramatically over the last few months and what it's going to look like over the next three to six months, I think they'll be much more amiable for that conversation. Okay, so it's coming off the back of that and having those difficult conversations with the people that are in charge of the numbers, you know, playing devil's advocate here, you know, why should learning remain on the agenda? I think learning has to remain on the agenda because if you're not putting an investment in your people, um, and that suddenly disappears. One of the things that really motivates people is personal and professional development in the workplace. What that doesn't have to be is what it used to be. It doesn't have to be sending people on, you know, seven day courses. It can be much more around bite sized blended learning, virtual learning, digital learning. Um, but if you don't invest in people, one of the things that gives them a sense of purpose and a sense of 
wanting to work for your business because they believe that you are passionate about them disappears. So suddenly they're just a number in the organisation. They're coming in doing their job. How am I going to develop? You know, there are always going to be some people that are very comfortable doing the role that they're doing. They don't need a lot of personal development. They're very happy. And the only personal development might be compliance training or some training that everybody has to go on on an annual basis. And, you know, that's important and that that stays. But what we need to be doing more than ever now is making sure that we are changing the skills that people have. Whether you listen to politicians, whether you listen to leading business people, the skills that we needed to be successful in our roles and business six months ago have changed dramatically now. People are going to have to operate in a very different way. If people are going to have to manage a team from home versus being in the same room as them, that isn't a skill set that people can just pick up like that. Some people will need that support. So that's why training has to remain on the agenda, because if you don't give those people those skills, you won't get the best out of them. Justin, thanks very much for chatting to us today. And thanks for listening to this TED Learning podcast. For more of our podcasts, you can visit our website, podcast.tedlearning.co.uk, and you can also find them on most podcasts podcast platforms. This podcast was produced by Ted Digital.